Recent studies have shown that organizations posting a compensation range from low to high receive more than 20% more responses than those organizations leaving the information out of the posting. In fact, the response rate increases not only for rural communities, but for metropolitan communities as well. Welcome to This is Rural Health, a podcast from the California State Rural Health Association. The CSRHA is focused on ensuring that the needs and voices of rural Californians are expressed and heard, and is continually working toward improving the quality and length of life of rural Californians. This podcast brings together leaders in rural healthcare with policy advisors, community leaders, and other forward thinkers to gain a better understanding of what's happening across today's rural healthcare ecosystem. Each week, you'll hear the unique perspectives of industry and community leaders and how they're finding innovative solutions to the challenges of a rapidly changing and increasingly complex healthcare industry. Hello and welcome everybody to the first episode of season two of This is Rural Health. My name is Scott Hertzberg. I am the president-elect of the CSRHA. And today I am joined by Regina Levison of Levison Search Associates and Deborah Wiggs of V2V Management Solutions. Regina is the founder and president of Levison Search Associates. She's specialized in healthcare recruitment for 38 years. She and her team have recruited physicians, advanced practice providers, C-suite positions, managers, and supervisors throughout California and other states. She's worked with hospitals, health systems, medical practices, academic institutions, community clinics, IPAs, hospice organizations, and more. My goodness. Approximately 25 to 30% of these searches were for organizations located in small, rural, and remote locations. And she's worked with 52 of California's 77 healthcare districts. Regina is, I'm very proud to say, a CSRHA board member. And welcome, Regina. Thank you, Scott. It's a delight to be here. And Deborah. So Deb has been transforming medical care delivery since her career began. She's established rural health clinics, grown multi-specialty physician practices, and facilitated countless strategy sessions that have helped clients achieve a sustainable competitive advantage. Deb's great love is to pass this knowledge along via public speaking with humor, no pressure, uh, practical reality, and a commitment to provide resources that transform how care is delivered. As a past board chair of MGMA, which I think you both share, Deb understands the complexity of the healthcare system and knows how to work in it without making it more complicated. Her strengths lie in strategic planning, governance, and leadership coaching. Welcome to This is Rural Health, Deb. I'm glad to have both of you joining us. And I can say rural health retention. So season two, we are kicking this off talking about rural (laughs) recruitment, which is a thorn in the side of basically anybody who provides rural health. We know how difficult it is to recruit and retain providers. We have so many providers who grow up in rural markets and then go to school at one of the big colleges in the city, stay in the city in the city life, and getting them to come back to rural is a real challenge. So today we are going to talk, you guys have this thing that you like to call finders keepers, am I right? Yep. Yes. All right. So how do we find and how do we keep? So Regina is going to talk about the finding first, and then I will talk about the keeping in part two. So Regina, go ahead and take it away. All right. Thanks, both of you. I love to start a presentation with a story, so here we go. As you know, I've been recruiting for 38 years. I think it was in 1992 or 93, I received a call from Surprise Valley Community Hospital District. 
that hospital was located in Cedarville, California, the far northeast corner of California. So I drove up to meet with them. Uh, This is a hospital that was four acute beds. And I think at the time they had 10 long-term beds. And their average census for the acute side, average daily census, was one. So very small. Very small. The town had one doctor who was planning to retire. And when she came there, she said she had two requirements feed and water her, and find someone to cut her hair. There was no housing in the community for another family. So someone donated a trailer, which was parked behind the hospital, and that's where Dr. Lois Roberts lived. So now Dr. Lois is retiring and they need a doctor. So so I drive up. I went into the general store to have a cup of coffee before I went to the hospital and sat around the pot-bellied stove with all the ranchers and learned everything I needed to know about what kind of doctor they wanted in Cedarville. So fast forward, we find a doctor in the Central Valley of California who happened to have had a a hunting license and was going to Cedarville in two weeks. Here we go. He went up, interviewed, was thrilled to be offered the job, took it, and promised to stay five years. I think it was the second or third week that he was there. There was a lot of commotion going on in the community because a young couple had gotten lost in the snow They brought him in on a snowplow, I think, and it turned out to be the Jim and Jennifer Stolpa story, you know, from which they made a television movie called Snowbound. Fortunately, the doctor we recruited there had had a continuing medical education class on hypothermia, I believe in Reno, two weeks before And he was able to save a good part of Jim and Jennifer Stolpa's bodies before they were transferred to Reno. But he was very cute. He said he'd practiced in the Central Valley for 25 or 30 years, and he'd had more attention in the first three weeks in Cedarville than he'd had in his entire career. I tell you that story because I think it's absolutely so indicative of how many wonderful their experiences there are in rural communities. Um, the biggest challenge, of course, is that you're competing against urban and suburban communities all over California. The competition's brutal, but there are some tips that we would like to share on how to make yourself stand out amongst all of the competitions. Let's start with content. And I want to talk about content because it's really important when you are advertising or posting job opportunities that the content represent who you are and why someone should come and look at your community. You can't compete generally with the salary and benefits and the big city activities, but you do have some wonderful opportunities for families moving to a rural community. The first thing you should really focus on is your organization culture. It's very difficult for a thousand bed hospital or a 500 bed hospital to really describe their culture as being one where you know the people you work with, feeling appreciated, 
a potential opportunity for flexible staffing when someone's in your facility, you're caring for your friends and neighbors. The other advantage that you have is organizational transparency. You see the leadership in your clinics or hospitals walking around. Uh, They're interacting with patients, visitors, and staff. They're communicating with you. They're asking how you are. And that kind of attention is really important to, to many healthcare professionals. Housing costs is another area where small and rural communities have a tremendous benefit. For a family to be able to buy a home that's one-third or one-half the cost of the urban areas in California is a huge advantage. Many of the rural opportunities we've recruited are areas where people actually wanted a few acres. They might have horses, they might want to raise a couple of cows, but having the opportunity to be able to afford to buy a few acres is really important to people coming to a rural community. Uh, The average length of stay for employees. Over the years, we found that the average number of years employees work in rural clinics and hospitals is much longer than it is in urban communities. And that's information you, you want to share when you're recruiting. Many of the rural communities we work in offer the opportunity to work part-time. And if your organization has that option, we're finding that more and more younger and middle-aged families appreciate the opportunity to work part-time. And then the other advantage that you have is slowing down the chaos, slowing the pace. Yes, we're all busy day to day, but when you spend less time commuting and spending more time with your family, it's again a big advantage. So the next section is where do you post opportunities? And there are really, really two key areas for posting your job opportunities. And it really doesn't matter what the opportunity is. It could be working in the dietary department. It could be recruiting for a family medicine doctor. Your best friend is your organization's website. And we're going to go into more detail about what to put under that posting. And then the second best option is internet job boards. Since there are hundreds of different internet job boards, I'm not going to go over them here, but you're always welcome to contact me to find out if I have recommendations, you know, based on the position you're recruiting. I will let you know that in past years, we've advertised in print journals. They are costly and they often require 30, 60, or 90 days lead time before they even come out in print. And if you have access to professional journals, you've probably noticed that they get thinner by the year. Uh, They're smaller publications and they have less advertising. And after tracking the responses that we find from candidates, we like to ask them, where did you hear about this opportunity or where did you see the opportunity? the least cited place was a professional print journal. So we are in a technology environment. 
And it's really important that you embrace the technology in your recruitment. So Regina, I have a question for you. You know, when you talk about one of the things I know when I worked in rural environments has been telling the community and having them engage in also promoting. I mean, you've talked about the content being what you want to talk about, but some of your best salespeople and nowadays with Facebook and all of that, if you can get out in the community itself and try to do some networking, I know that that's uh, been helpful in some of the experiences I've had where, you know, so-and-so's nephew's best friend's brother has a hunting license, like you said, or whatever. And that that is such a, a big value of the rural environment. You get an investiture in the individual through that response as well. So when people are thinking about technology, I think they need to think of it too from the that kind of a, it's the whole old-fashioned tell-a-friend thinking that can help you as well. At networking at its best. And we've even worked in rural communities where there was a weekly newspaper. And often there would be a story in the newspaper. The healthcare clinic or hospital didn't even have to pay for the ad. They got a story in about expanding a program or service. And again, using that old-fashioned networking at its best. Today, what we find out, we're going to talk more about the website and job postings on internet job boards. But more than 80% of job seekers today use their cell phones to look for a job. And they can do that at work, they do it at home, wherever they are on vacation. They have the convenience and it's strongly preferred over having to commit time to sitting down at your computer to look at job opportunities. I got to say, I'm currently looking for jobs and it absolutely is super wonderful to be able to do it straight from your cell phone. Healthcare workers looking for jobs in your geographic area are going to find your job either on your website or on the internet job boards. If they see your job posted, that means they're at least invested in getting more information about your organization. So your website has to help sell the job opportunities. Sure, in your website navigation bar, there's a very obvious link where to look for jobs or career opportunities. Some organizations separate the provider jobs, the physicians and advanced practitioners, with non-provider jobs. But in rural communities, it's really not necessary to do that. You can put all, all the jobs together in one location. The other thing for your website, one of the best things you can do is post a few videos showing your community. If you can have a few testimonials on your website from current employees, current providers, it really goes a long way. So I recognize it's an investment in time, effort, and money, but it really pays off in the long run. For each opportunity, you're recruiting with short descriptions. Your organization culture, community culture, let the readers know what makes your organization and your community different than metropolitan opportunities. It's very important to include a range of housing options and average costs from apartments, and if your community is big enough to have condos, include that, 
to acreage and ranches. Include a link where they can find additional information on housing options. If you can offer flexible staff, that is a highly desirable option by job seekers. And boy, we have really seen through COVID how flexible staffing become the norm rather than the unusual benefit. But it really is one of the top options, job seekers. Now, Regina, I know for me, you know, when I'm looking for a job, you know, spouse and three kids, that family-friendly sort of element, whether not the job itself necessarily, but knowing that the community had good schools, right? So you have the good house, the good schooling, and and that there was something for my kids to do if I were to relocate to an area. I know that that's probably something that physicians, you know, potential candidates would also find desirable, right? Yes, it is very desirable, and not only for the providers, but the non-providers. And I I mentioned earlier about putting testimonials from current staff on the website. And, you know, what better way to show one of your workers and their family, you know, have them talk about the reasons they relocated their family to that community. It carries more weight than you might anticipate. You got to woo them. You have to bring out all your best dresses for the website to entice people to want to follow up and find out about the opportunity they see posted. Recent studies have shown that organizations posting a compensation range from low to high receive more than 20% more responses than those organizations leaving the information out of the posting. In fact, the response rate increases not only for rural communities, but for metropolitan communities as well. There's a real appearance of transparency that job seekers appreciate. And the larger the organization, the more people who feel the organization isn't transparent. So you have a real advantage in small and rural communities, and you should should use it. The other thing that was interesting about the study is that the rural communities who, by and large, had lower salary ranges still had an increase in responses. So... If you haven't tried that, I recommend you do a test, test it for a month or two, and see if your response level is increasing. And by all means, include the benefits available for part-time and full-time employees. Uh, COVID, again, has really put right in front of all of us the importance of having employment with benefits. So be sure and outline that information on your website and your job postings. And now the most important thing I'm going to talk about, Scott, I'm sure that you've seen this more times than we can probably count. Uh, When you go to a website and you find a job opportunity that you'd like to follow up on, there's a great big button that says click here. And I have to tell you, I am not a fan of click here buttons. Job seekers view that button as a convenient way to say, I don't want to talk with you right now, and I may or may not contact. Right. Click here, go to our application, fill everything out that's identical 
and they want you to spend your time and effort, uh, you know, and attach your resume and CV. And by the way, we may or may not contact you. Right. Yeah. The application is asking for the same information as the resume. No confirmation that it's been received or that they'll ever contact you. Very impersonal. So the last thing I want to recommend you put within the body of every single job posting is the name, title, email address, and phone number for the person in your organization who can respond to job seekers the opportunity. There is brutal competition out there. And with the shortages of providers and non-providers throughout the U.S., You have a significant advantage if you do something as simple as call somebody back within three hours. At a minimum, you can have someone take a message and then return the call and return it quickly. Again, it's kind of that personalized service we see more frequently in rural communities than we see in metropolitan communities. So make that work. If you're posting on external internet job boards, put it on your website, make it easy for somebody to call and ask a question. And I'd like to summarize with just a couple of couple of tips about interviewing in a COVID environment, particularly. Who would have known in January 2020 that we were going to need to reinvent the interviewing process in virtually every industry in the country? Telephone interviews with provider and non-provider candidates are two-sided, and it's really a great start. So don't miss the opportunity to talk with a potential candidate on the phone. But please bear in mind that video, and we're very supportive of video interviews, they've really helped us manage many searches through COVID. A video interview is more one-sided. It gives you the opportunity to see the candidate, their body language, how they're responding. But the video interview doesn't allow the candidate to see your community, to tour your facilities, to meet your staff. So we always recommend video interviews as a final step before you invite the candidate to come for an in-person site visit. And I think that we've been successful in recommending to our clients how to safely conduct site visits when interviews do come in person. And I don't know if you've had any experience there yet, Scott, with uh, telephone and, and video interviews, but it's your opportunity in small and rural communities to shine. And just remember that you need to show them much more than just hearing your voice and showing your face on a video interview. You're going to have to get them there in person. And adding the videos to your website, showing your community, talking with some of the the staff who work in your organization will also go a long way. So I want to thank Scott and Deb. Um, We're looking forward to talking in part two about onboarding and retention. Thank you. Thank you so much, Regina, for that. And uh, Deb, we will touch base with you all for part two of this discussion when our podcast returns next. This is Rural Health. 
is the official podcast of the California State Rural Health Association and is made possible by the generosity of our members. Our producer is Noelia Sanchez at Noteworthy Lab. To learn more about the CSRHA or to become a member, visit us at csrha.org. If you have a suggestion for a future guest or topic for the show, email us at podcast at csrha.org. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, please be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at CSRHA Podcast. Thank you so much for your continued support of the California State Rural Health Association. This is Rural Health. It's copyright 2021 by the California State Rural Health Association. To find out more about the CSRHA, visit us at csrha.org.